They showboat is noticed wherever they go. They dazzle you with their charm and professionalism. Welcome aboard the Silver Dollar Showboats. So that voice that you've just heard is that of Scott Stevenson, also known as the Silver Dollar Man. Today's showboat is a principal broker. He's also involved in lending. He has 15 horses. He lives on five acres. He speaks five Filipino languages, right? Yes. And English, which is a sixth. And he has six kids. They have a viral YouTube channel in the Philippines? Correct, yes. In the Philippines. And we're talking about Craig Whiting. And uh, Craig, let's start by talking about your wonderful land development career in the Caribbean. <laughs> yes, I wish I could call it wonderful. And Scott, thanks for having me on. So yeah, it was back in 2006. I bought several acres there, 15 or 16 acres of land. And as you know, t- no, 2006 was a great year for real estate. Yeah, Things terrific. were flying through the roof <laughs> yeah. still. And we, I went in there with one of my business partners, bought the land and began subdividing. We actually, Why did you decide on the Caribbean? You know, so my business partner had traveled a lot through the Caribbean on lots of cruises, saw this island. It's Roatan in Honduras. It's off the coast of Honduras and I loved the land there. We thought we had bought it at a great price and had a great opportunity to develop. There was a lot of development happening on the island as it was. It's only a, a few hour flight from United from Utah. Yeah. And and I think it's like two hours to Houston and then two hours from Houston down to this island. So you could get there easily in a day. No problem at all. And and so we felt like there would be a lot of tourism. Uh, continuing to grow there. The tourist industry is strong there anyway with the cruise ships. And so we bought the land and thought we would develop make a million. it. <laughs> make, yeah, make millions of dollars in our 20s, right? And I was in my 20s at the time and didn't know any better. Like, right, real estate just goes up in value, right? Right. And so, yeah, we bought the land and tried to develop it. And then something called 2007, 8, 9, 10 yeah. happened. Right. Beautiful time to buy real estate in 2006. Not so good in 2007. Right. Right, totally. And the thing that became really complicated is that we had sold off, subdivided some of these lots, sold them off, pre-sales, people had given us money, we were putting in infrastructure, and then everything begins to collapse, as in everything. The real estate brokerage representing us went bankrupt. The next brokerage that began to represent us, they went bankrupt. The builder that was helping us on the island fled the island. He got involved in some other things that turned out to be scandalous, not involved with our our subdivision, but... And suddenly we were left with no representation on that island whatsoever and with a project that was upside down in value. Were you married at the time or were you single? I was married and had four children, oh, actually. Wow. That's, that is tough stuff. Yeah, and so it, it really caused a strong, let's say just, if you could imagine a crazy challenge to begin your married life and with young kids, this was it for me. And where we went from a net worth that was very, good we went upside down i would say 150 to 250,000 dollars in the negative that if i sold every asset that i had i would be negative in the 150,000 plus range yeah and that was the start that was the beginning and a lot of people in my shoes at that time i had friends that were in the real estate industry and had been buying properties and They were filing bankruptcy left and right. They were foreclosing on their properties. They were doing short sales, whatever it was, to just get out of it and hit the reset button. And my personal feeling at the time was, don't do that. I felt like that I could work hard enough and pay every penny back to every creditor and get out there with my name and honor and integrity fully intact. 
And did you? I did. It took years. It took years. And I rem- to, to survive, I was cash advancing on credit cards during those months where, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I was in real estate at the time. I also had a, a mortgage loan officer license and trying to close deals and, and survive and make up the gap in the negative uh, net worth that I had at the time. But remember, it was a time where more often than not, the deal we were working on would be a short sale. Yeah. And short sales weren't nothing uh, being short. They were, they were, they took months to complete. And the median house price back then was what? $150,000. Yeah. yeah right. Something like that. And so the commissions were tiny and they took months to get. And so from month to month, there were so many months I had to cash advance on credit cards. Were you Just living to, here in Utah at the time? Yeah, here in yeah. Utah. I was in West Jordan at the time. And uh, I, I remember the day when I, I took a commission check to the bank to deposit. And it was something a little over 5000 maybe $6,000. And it was too large for the teller to just sign and put in, you know, to, to, yeah. to deposit. So the bank manager had to get up and come over and look at the, the check to approve it. And the bank manager came and looked at me and said, do I know you? And then she said, should I know you? And pulled up my account and obviously saw that it was nothing in the account. And just, she made this audible shrug of, oh, you know, signed the check and just left as if Craig's someone I never even need to know. Worry about, no, he's not influential. He's not. He's nothing. He's nothing. He's nothing at all. That day lit even a greater fire underneath me. I wanted to go back time and time and time again. My goal at that point became, I want to make sure that branch manager has sore legs from having to stand up, walk over to the teller, and have to approve the checks I'm bringing in and get so sick of the fact when she sees me walk in the door, she knows she's going to have to stand up. And with dedication to the trade of real estate and uh, just never giving up, that happened. And she got sore legs and she got to know me, and she knew when I walked through the door, she's going to have to stand up. Whatever I'm bringing in would be a good enough of a check. She's going to have to approve that. And I had no vindication toward her, but I just knew that I could, through through some ingenuity and hard work, change the circumstance in which I was in and put myself in a different circumstance. Well, you know, it's interesting you should bring up something like that because I think there are those are like moments in time where you can feel so kind of degraded uh, that you can either shrink and leave and just say, I'm a nothing, or you can buck up. Why do you think you bucked up? There's a Japanese proverb that I like, fall down seven times, stand up eight. And I had a dream since I was in my late teenage years that I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I wanted to run the show and, and I, I knew that with, with creativity and, the, and the, the wonderful business environment we have here in the United States of America, the opportunities we have here, I knew that I, that I could succeed in entrepreneurship. All I had to do was work hard, not give up, and just learn and grow and learn from my mistakes. And, and, if, and I knew that as long as I didn't give up, as long as I stood up every time I fell down, there was no way I'm going to fail. There was no way I will just continue on and persevere. And so I, I had to do that. Like, I don't remember which year it was. was it, I don't know if it was 2008 or nine. One of those years, my, my net worth at the end of the year was less than what I started. 
And I thought, man, I could have just stayed in bed. It would have been better, yeah. right? We had lost more than we did otherwise because of because of everything was happening, crashing around us. I, I own more properties than just that property in the Caribbean. I had I owned some. I, I owned. I, I was doing. I, there was a fix and flip that obviously went south, and there were some other properties I had as well. And so that's where my negative net worth just compounded and compounded and compounded. The problem was getting worse than better, and uh, but I just didn't give up. And and I can tell you, so many mornings. The des- desire to stay in bed becomes becomes really strong. Yeah, when you're experiencing uh, frustrations, anxiety, just just failure, time and time again, it seems easy to give up. But that's the moment that defines who you are, and it's and it's a glorious moment. And I'm grateful for that moment. I'll tell you another thing that was, I think, a couple a couple secrets to get you from that really low spot. To, to propel yourself forward. And one of those is gratitude. I remember being in that circumstance where I had nothing, monetarily speaking. I was upside down so greatly. And I started to enumerate the, the good things happening in my life. My wife, my children, my family. The fact I did have a roof over my head, food in my refrigerator, things like that. And I started to enumerate that. My health, opportunities. And I began to feel an overwhelming feeling that my cup runneth over. I could just feel the blessings coming to me. And I could see in small ways in my life, those glimpses of success, where that beam of light would shine through the dark clouds enough that I knew the sun was still there, that I knew it was but a passing moment. And I could feel that gratitude filling that cup. And I realized that if I could feel gratitude in the darkest of moments in my life, that I had, a, I would, that I had then arrived someplace in life that was beautiful, where the joy in my life did not depend on the material success around me, but that the joy in my life depended on the real important things of life, and that's my my family. Yeah, and what kind of impact did that have upon? I mean, a lot of people, when they hit those kind of spots in their life, their marriage dissolves Mm -hmm. rather than strengthens. Why do you think yours survived and perhaps strengthened? You tell me. It it strengthened a lot. And I'm going to give kudos to my wife. And I I would not have been able to persevere through such a challenging moment like this without her. So she was supportive. I feel like if she had not had the vision herself of what could be and what was coming down the pipe, eventually uh, we would have i would have probably been forced to, to change course and give up on my my dreams and go a different direction but she was she was always cheering me on the entire time there was not one moment of wavering from her now there were moments of where she's crying and yes. <laughs> definitely yeah. definitely having stress and that we're experiencing this stress together but i feel like it's a refining moment that actually made us stronger as a couple than otherwise cuz now being where I'm at, we look back at that moment and, and we, we both talk about this where we learned greater lessons in life during those hardships than at any other time. And we are grateful. We experienced those challenges. It refined our characters in ways we don't think would have happened otherwise. It brought us to a level of humility and uh, gratitude that we would have never reached without having to go to those depths. And it allowed us to see and appreciate other people's struggles because of what we had been enduring ourselves. And so we are grateful for those moments. It was challenging being in those moments, but 
It was her energy that likewise helped us persevere through this challenge. There are so many people that seem to have this, if you hit a challenge, your your marriage breaks up because the person that you're with somehow is is being held responsible for those problems. But I think the story that you're telling that is that when you face those challenges together and bond together, you can succeed. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's important. We, we made a lot of these decisions together. We knew that some of these decisions would have a measure of risk. And we said, okay, what's the worst case scenario here, there, and with, with this decision or that decision, whatever it may be. Well, unfortunately, those worst case scenarios happened and worse than we thought. But what was nice is at least that we contemplated that in advance. And we made a lot of these decisions together. So like when I was in 2003, so I became a loan officer in 2003. Mm-hmm. And I was working for a bank under a W-2 type of salary. It was a mortgage lending company. And in 2004, a another like a, a wholesale mortgage lender came to me and said, hey, come work for me. It's 1099's commission income. And I thought to myself, I'm not a commission type of guy. I'm not a sales guy. But I've always had a dream of, of uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, owning my own company. And I thought, okay, well, this could be a pathway. It was my wife that said, Craig, do it. I realize our income might get become really weird and I go, and I go up, and I go way down. Do it. We, we, we got it. This is, this is an avenue we need to begin pursuing this. And so she's been supportive the entire time with all the different entrepreneurial type of endeavors I've wanted to do. She's been right there with me. And how long you guys been married now? So we got married uh, December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine, right before Y two K happened on our honeymoon. <laughs> and then Y two K happened, which is Y two K is probably a phrase that. Many, some of the yeah. listeners may not even know what that is, but we know right. what it is. Yes. So uh, what's that been? It's been 20, 22 years, 22 years that we've been going, and, and uh, it's been awesome. And I, I've When you probably added a couple of kids since we you, you told, started to tell this story. You had four, now you got, what, six? We have six now. Yeah, we have six. And, and, and here's where I'll, I'll just share a couple, like a couple things of just the, those, those beams of light that come through and let you know that God's there or your higher power, whatever it may be that's showing you that the, the, the light is coming. So I had five girls in a row. Girl, 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 right? And and I, I've i always wanted to have a boy. And so <laughs> yeah. we're having all these girls, and I love my daughters. And now in retrospect, I'm thinking daughters are amazing. It yeah. is so awesome to have daughters. So what's interesting is that we we had got the land. So to try to get out of this, hon- this Honduras Situ- experience yeah. in the Caribbean, I had to go back to everyone that had I had sold lots to. I had to buy all of those back at losses to me because I had to reassemble everything to, in order to sell it to a new developer. And there was not going to be any developer that wanted to come in and buy that thing as a as a disjointed right, development. Right, out, yeah. Exactly. So I had to go back and buy all that stuff. It took years for me to negotiate these contracts, get them back, try to find another buyer to, to take over the property. During that time, squatters came in, occupied three of the acres. We had to go through some challenging circumstances mm-hmm. with that and at one point involved uh, a gun getting pulled on someone when i was down there on the island and the, anyway i fortunately nothing happened out of that but i mean it was some weird things happening but what was cool is you know we got it under contract in early 2011 and at that point my wife got pregnant again with what our would be our sixth child we didn't know the gender at the time and and i i learned on the day of the birth i'm always happy regardless of the gender at ultrasounds, I wasn't necessarily happy just because I would, you know, I would be hoping for the boy. Yeah. So I said, okay, let's just not have an ultrasound because I'll be happy regardless on the day of the birth if it's a boy or girl. I'll right. be happy. So we didn't do an ultrasound. 
And so I'm negotiating this contract with this buyer of this land so I can sell the, sell this land to this new buyer. And we got it under contract early 2011. Well, it took months, but finally got up to where we were able to close it. The day that we closed and the money came and hit our account from that sale, which was still obviously at a loss from where I started, but at least got us something. That was sort of the, the money to get my life started again in right, 2011. Kind of like seed money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She went into labor on the day that money hit my account and our son was born. Oh, the exact same day. And not only did I get that that challenge behind me, my son was born all on the same day. Just well, did you moments. name him Cash? Yeah, I should have, right? <laughs> Ended up naming him Rockwell because he's got five sisters. So I said, okay, we got to give him a strong name. Well, that's a good one. So named him Rockwell. And then I had to throw in multiple middle names because I'm like, this is the only guy, guy yeah. I've got. So I'm going to pass along all the family names to you. Sorry, son, but here, right. here's where your name. But anyway, so that's what we did. But it was one of those moments that, okay, I could see a glimpse of Sunbeam come right through those classes. Okay, see, this is there. there is something good happening here. And from that moment, you know, 2012 starts and then the real estate industry starts to Move ahead. Yeah, started going up at that point. One other quick thing, if it's okay. Sure. During the darkest moments, uh, and this just goes back to talking about a higher, a higher power, at least sure. that I believe is important. Because you ask, okay, how did you get through this? Yeah. This this next story is super critical of how I got through that, and I feel like has is worth mentioning here. Now I'm in a I'm in a religion where we donate to the poor. Yeah. And. The you know church had sent one of its people to come visit and say, hey, ask for a donation for the poor. And I looked in my bank account. I didn't want to bounce any checks, right? I had $126 in my bank account at the time. And I got out my checkbook. I wrote a check for $126. And this is without knowing when my next commission would come. And I gave that to the, this church representative. And when he, that church representative left and the door got closed, I fell to my knees and I said, okay, God, you've got everything I've, I have. I have nothing. I've given you everything I've got. From that week forward, little miracles started happening. It was unbelievable. And so we continued donating like that. And it's amazing that once you give to the, give to the world, it's amazing what happens when the, the universe begins to give back in ways you don't understand. Yeah. And so when I look back at those moments, I feel like the things that got me through, the three things would be I'd never gave up, stand up every time you fall, be grateful for what you have in those dark moments, and then lean on a higher power. And putting those ingredients together, that got me to where I'm at today, where I've got a real estate brokerage with over 70 agents in it, and I've got multiple properties, and I live on five acres of land, and I've got horses and barns, and and uh, it's just an abundant life that's happening and becoming more so. And it's I'll never regret buying that land in the Caribbean. I'll never regret buying any of the properties I did that ended up being problematic because it's all just a learning moment that refined myself personally and made me a better person maybe who i am today and i am grateful for a higher power that helps you go along the journey of life and and make you a better version of who you could otherwise be well i really love that story you just told it's um very similar in a sense to the widow's might 
Um, you know, often we feel like uh, if we don't have much, we can't really change the world. But I think it's the it's the times when we're down at our lowest when we can buck up and actually give back to people that um, it's more meaningful. I mean, you know, sometimes you hear about these millionaire philanthropists. There you go. That's good enough. Um, and, you know, they give millions of dollars and they get recognized and people say uh, how wonderful they are. But a lot of times that's very minor portion of their uh, wealth and it really has no impact on their life. But it's the, the kind of stories that you're talking about, like yours, where people give basically all that they have and it's a small amount but it requires so much of someone that it actually makes a change in their life it actually changes the person and that's the kind of of story that you're talking about and the challenges i think too often uh people have challenges in their life and i know when we're all going through them we don't like them uh but we're all i think grateful once we get down the road um that we've had them. Uh, we're glad we're past them, but we, the, those lessons are uh, invaluable. Yeah, totally agreed. I, I feel like, you know, life is very short and are you, are we just living life where we're just leaving footprints in a melting snow or are we actually doing something that will leave a long-term impression that will make the world a much better place because of our passing there? So I think it is worth stepping outside of our comfort zone or is the way my wife likes to put it, she said enlarging our comfort zone mm-hmm. to to really try to influence and make an impact on society and on other people because when we go to our grave that's really all that's going to matter at that point is what kind of life did we leave live such that because we lived our life there were many many people that experienced joy and better lives because of what we did personally and so I feel like it's worth taking the risks. It's worth reaching out, and it's worth worth putting yourself on a limb in order to influence others and, and try to make a, an impact on people's lives. Well, the, the thing I most enjoy about having these conversations with individuals such as yourself is that I never uh, enjoy so much talking about financial success because there are so many different ways to achieve that. And, of course, we want that, um, but I think – it's how you get there. So many titans of industry I've seen over the course of my life have become very successful people, but I look at their personal lives and I say to myself, was it worth it? And it appears to me it wasn't because they, they leave behind tattered lives, shattered families and, and things of that nature. And, and then they move on. And um, as one uh, friend of mine uh, recently told me his mother had passed away and not far from her grave was the grave of a business magnate, tremendous uh, man, uh, but well-known on the business. And he said, there lies my mother, a, a, a homemaker, um, lies in the same ground, same place, no difference at all. What is the difference is their footprint, like you say, in, in, in the world. Something, something we try in our real estate brokerage right along these lines is you know, people get into real estate primarily because they they're, they want it as an occupation. They can provide for their family, achieve financial goals in life. But you know, we, we help teach people to be successful in real estate. But something that we highlight so much in our brokerage for our real estate agents is personal development, personal growth outside of areas of real estate. So we actually require all of our real estate agents to create a vision board 
Oh, how nice. And we hang those vision boards in our office because we want to see what other areas of in life they're what are their focuses? What are they what are their other goals? What are they actually trying to accomplish? And and it's interesting and we to see what each person is trying to, to do and they, they have family goals, health goals, other types of things that they, they, they want to accomplish. People that say, okay, well, I'm going to do a triathlon this year. I'm going to, you know, there, there are other things they wanted to do, write a book, whatever it may be. And so we have once a week in our real estate broker meeting, we have an agent come up and take turns sharing their vision boards because we want to help these agents achieve not just their real estate goals. We want them to achieve their other goals. And we'll brainstorm, hey, this person's achieving these things on his vision board, but he's struggling with achieving this particular goal. What can we do to brainstorm as a group to help him? Or what can we do to help hold him accountable so he can achieve this other one? Because we want to create well-rounded individuals in life. And it's for us, we, we, we care more about the personal development of our agents than we care about necessarily their real estate success. That'll come along with it. But that's not really the main focus. The main focus is trying to develop people. And because then those people will go back and be be stronger for their own families and their own family lives. And then I think it's that ripple effect that creates the strong society that we all need. But I think it starts, if we have a, an opportunity to influence, this is our feeling is my, myself and my co-owner. If we have an opportunity to influence our agents in ways besides real estate, why are we not taking that opportunity? So we do, because we want them to create a strong individual and then a strong family and as as we all do that it then creates the strong society that we all want well that's an outstanding vision for a company it's uh unfortunately uh it seems that those types of visions are seem to be lost more in today's society it's more about profit and loss um but it's so refreshing to hear uh you talking about your company in ways that actually build the community because the community is us all mm-hmm. and it uh, affects our children it affects the lives of our children we intermarry with all kinds of different people and so that's just outstanding so what are some of your plans for the future oh that's a great question so we have a lot of irons in the fire uh, <laughs> and you know my, my business partner is very visionary as well and so uh, man, there, there's always so much on our plate to do but we so we we currently are at 70 agents and uh, that number is going to grow we started so I, I started as a principal broker of my own real estate firm in 2013. I just opened it for myself and then, you know, a friend joined, a family joined, suddenly I had 16 agents, but I was very content to just work Keep from it. home, <laughs> yeah. work in my pajamas. It was awesome. I loved it. And it was actually December of 2020, like in the last few days of the, the year, my my now business partner called me, but he wasn't the business partner at the time. He said, Greg, I've got an idea. Was this a friend of yours? Or yeah, a friend clients? of mine. Yeah, it was a yeah. friend of mine that I knew through real estate, and and he said, "Hey, I want to open a bigger company. Here's my vision for it." And I told him, I told him no. I, right in that first call, I said, "Dwayne, don't. I'm, I'm not interested." <laughs> and go, you know, call. And you know, I said, "Well, I've got some other guys I can call, but you know, I wanted to call you first. I guess I call other people." And then, uh, you know, it's one of those moments where the higher power starts knocking on my on my my head and not letting me sleep at night. And said, "You know, maybe you need to go talk to him." So I did, and so we opened Prime Real Estate Experts in January of 2021 with about tw- my 16 agents, and then he had a few that he brought. But uh, we, so we had maybe 20-ish, 20 agents or so, and now we've got 70 and over 70. But we in are in two years. Yeah, year and a half. Wow, 70 agents, and we are going to grow. We're going, our goal is to go over to over 150 agents, and then begin to branch in other states. 
And we've got land that we own in Saratoga Springs on Redwood Road at where we plan to build a 14,000-square-foot office building. Oh, fabulous. Uh, we've got some interesting headaches with that right now, with interest rates where they've gone to and with materials prices where those have gone to. So yeah. those interesting decisions we're yeah. balancing right now. But uh, we we have plans of growing it larger. And and really, for me, if it, if it were simply about my own personal like satisfaction in terms of like ease and comfort, I wouldn't be going down this path because I was already in that situation in 2020, like with where my, my company was at that time. But if I want to do, as I said, instead of leaving footprints in a melting snow, if I really want to influence society for the good, I've got to do this, regardless of the headaches, the long, long hours, the moments of failures, the moments of successes, the hardships, the, the the various things that happen with growing a company like this, I've got to do it. And I've got to do it because we've got to influence society. There are so many pressures on society right now that are not good. There's so many things trying to, 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 hurt, to tear our society apart, so much division. And so we can stay on the sideline and pop the popcorn and just watch the events play out and be unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the with the outcome. Or we can get in the arena where there's going to be blood, sweat, tears, injuries, and try to actually make a difference. And so that was the decision I was faced with at the end of December 2020. And another moment where my path would diverge. And I chose that more difficult path. But I believe it's the path that will be the one that really helps society. Well... I love everything you've had to say here, particularly what you've said here at the end. I always am a, a big admirer of someone who's willing to step into the arena because once you step into the arena, the darts come and uh, criticism is easy from the outside. It's, um, it's difficult to be out there and trying to make a difference in the world. I commend you and your company. I think it's outstanding. We, have, we haven't even talked anything about money or anything like that. It's all about uh, personal development and uh, giving back to society. I commend you, I, honestly. It's a, a, you, you've got great vision. I hope everything goes wonderful for you, for you and your company. Um, I'm happy to have had you here and to have um, spent some time talking together. I have to have you back again in a couple of years when um, you're down the road a little bit further with your company. I hope it grows real well there in Saratoga Springs. Things work out for you there. And that's a, definitely a growing area, isn't it? Yeah. And Scott, I, it's been an honor for me to be, to be on the show. I, I truly say that. And I'm grateful for you bringing me on here to, to, to say a few words today. So thanks for having me on. And uh, and, and God bless also in your business and the, the well, things you. you're trying to do with, in, in your life. But thanks for having me on today. And, and yeah, I'd love to co- catch up again soon. We'll do it. Don't go down the river of life unnoticed by being a tugboat. Get educated at www.askusutah.com. Everyone can be a showboat. You just have to want it.